Howdy, friends. This is Adam Ganser stopping by just to thank you so much for listening to us and all of our precious projects on the Small Beans Patreon. And if you have a couple extra bucks and haven't signed up for our $5 tier, I wanted to let you know there is some of the best entertainment anywhere on the internet just waiting for your listening pleasure. This includes episodes of I'll Show You Mine If You Show Me Yours, Spiel Boys, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and coming soon some very secret but very awesome projects we can't wait to show you. If you got the money and you feel like it, we'd sure love to have it. And thanks so much for listening to Small Beans. Lights! Camera! Action. We're shooting threes, just SMB. We're gonna watch and review film trilogies. It's all for laughs, so just sit back. We're gonna drop hella dimes on this podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Shooting Threes. Uh, we are covering the Cornetto trilogy. We wow, wow, have wow. reached two of three here with Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. And we're gonna talk about it. I'm Sarah Griffith. I'm Bridget Greenberg. And this is Shooting Shooting Threes. Okay, there we go. I forgot the name of it for half a second. I also got concerned about it. I wasn't sure what we were going to say. Yeah, I I don't know if you saw just the blank behind my eyes. Well, I was like, we could say like Hot Fuzz. We could say Cornetto Trilogy. We could say Shooting Threes. We're Shooting Threes. Um, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Uh, This was TV fodder for me. We talked about that with Shaun of the Dead. This was like... Turn on Comedy Central at some point. I'm watching like seven minutes of this movie. For sure. Um, Yeah, I, again, I don't think I saw this movie all the way through. I think I saw it in chunks on cable. Yeah, God, I almost feel like we maybe rented this movie from like a a red box. Oh. Because this was 2007, so we were a little bit past You were moving, you were starting to move past Blockbuster, but still a DVD. Because I remember did have, did, we did, we don't own this movie, but I did see it on DVD. And then every time I have seen this movie again, it's just been kind of on TV. So on it's cable. Like, I'll yeah. watch. Yeah. Sure, a little bit of this, whatever. Um. Yeah. So number two, what I will say about this, this is like, for me watching this movie- and I think every time I watch this movie, but now back to back with um, Shaun of the Dead, this is uh, Edgar Wright, I feel like, completely honing his voice mm. and his, like, his style is, he put his foot on it. Like, it, it's it's fully there in this movie. The jokes are in camera and dialogue wise are so sharp and so quick. I feel like he has fully, like, this is Edgar Wright full form, full Pokemon, Charizard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, he he is able to tell a lot about the story with a yeah. one second frame of just, like, the visual. It's like, you know they're at the bar, you know they're getting pints of beer, you know they've got to piss, you know they're getting drunk, like, quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Let's move this part of the story along so we can get to the next scene we need to be in. He, the way he moves time along in this movie, I find so interesting, too. Uh, like when we see, uh, the Nick Gull's character, mm-hmm. Nick's character, uh, in the, uh, in his office when they're firing him and them, him talking to his bosses in succession. Yeah. It's such a great scene and such a great like way to get into the movie and feel like how this world is going to work and how we're going to just like skip along things and keep it quick and keep it fast. It was almost a uh, Mel Brooksian. Yeah. That opening scene, just like the quick gag of the people come in. Yeah. You're going whatever. And then turn around the whole office is throwing a going away party. Yeah. It's a, uh... It's yeah, it, it sets up this like kind of crazy world where things move very fast and happen very dramatically. And and let's get the British actor cameos just, Ooh, just right hits. into this. I mean, our some of our favorites from Edgar Wright movies. This is when Martin Freeman was in every British movie other than Harry Potter. I know. Uh, he was on the office at the time. Yeah. So he we was got like two everywhere. We, we got two office barely. Who's the other? Martin Freeman and for some reason I thought Olivia Coleman was in the British office for a second, but that's oh, not true. Oh no, but she's not. It, it but feels like she would be there. It that, feels if like someone, she would if be. Someone said me that. Well, it's kind of like Amy Adams is on the U.S. version of The Office. People right. forget. Yeah, yeah. So, like yeah, everyone sure. pops up in The Office, UK sure, or USA. Sure, version. sure, sure. Uh, and Pam fr- was in Shaun of the Dead. Dead was that's in Shaun it, of the Dead. Right, so I right. figured there might be. Another actually much like in America where everyone on the office, even in the deep ensemble, they got to have like their movie. Right. Every, we gave them yeah. everything. But yeah, so we get 
we get the Martin Freeman cameo out of the way. We get the Bill Nye cameo out of yeah. the way. Uh, which great, love seeing those two anywhere we can put them. Yes. Um, I wish we got. I wish they came back a little bit more. That's really they're just one and done. Um, only, but only could afford them for the one day because again, Martin Freeman, he's got like thirteen other movies we, to film. Well, we yes, in we, a week, in a week, and then we also, you know, we got that budget for. James Bond, Timothy Dalton. Oh yeah, that's right. Which is so cool that he's in this movie. That is, it is really inspired casting, and I think he um, must have had a lot of fun playing oh, this. He it seems like character. he was a trooper. One, they wrote it with him in mind, being like, oh, "We're not going to get Timothy oh, Dalton." That, that's really good, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess even in see, he was he was down. He's a down guy. He uh, even in scenes he was not in, he would show up on set just so they would have someone to like. When they were filming other person's oh, coverage. Wow, yeah. Was, I love I love to hear when yeah. actors do that. I think yeah. that is such a pure actor. It is, yeah. So he he just showed up on days where they weren't shooting his coverage to give Simon Pegg and and crew someone to act on. That's cool. That's Off really of, cool. Which is awesome. He's the best. I hot take love his James Bond. But that's, You know what's so funny? We were just talking about how Sean Connery is actually like a sexist piece of shit. Yeah, well, we yeah. <laughs> and now it's like on the other end of the spectrum. Like, we hey, got Dalton. Tim- you know what? He's got that Daniel Craig in him where Daniel Craig is right. like you want me to do a funny voice and be in your movie? My pleasure. I love it. My fucking well, pleasure. I also think both of them played kind of darker Bonds. So mm. I feel like they're like, well, to not be Bond, I'm going to get out. <laughs> it. Like, I didn't get the fun Bonds. I, yeah. I'm going to get out and do the fun stuff now. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Because that's what I was hoping for. Um but, you know, I can go on and on about. Yeah, uh, I guess you should just dive in. Yeah. I got to say, I'm learning for the first time, honestly, that people love this movie. Yeah. Yeah, growing, this is a big deal. Yeah. Growing up, I I don't know. Maybe I got this from my parents, this idea. But I kind of got the feeling that everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's not like Shaun of the Dead, but it's still pretty good. And then yeah. I also would probably say the same about this movie. I, but then yeah. I, like, just as a laugh, I, like, took a peek at Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No, this movie's a big deal. The way people love yeah. this movie. People are going to come after you. And I will say. Oh, like, you love Hot Fuzz so fucking much. Okay. This, okay. I'll, I'll jump into it with my, with my hot take, which is similar to your hot take. Um, I came into this thinking that having seen... I, the only one I saw in theaters from front to back was At the World's End. And I haven't even seen that one yet. So the other two I saw bits and most of, I would say 80 to 90% of the movie I saw on yeah. cable. I will say my thought on this is that watching it sitting down front to back, I came into this because of these watching. Sorry, I'm I'm getting confused. But I came into this trilogy thinking that I liked Hot Fuzz the best. And I think that is because it has some of the funniest, sharpest bits and scenes in this movie. But yes. as a whole, I think Shaun of the Dead works better as an entire movie. Yeah. And that was the first thing I said was like, I kind of think 25 minutes of this movie can be cut. I do think this movie, I hate to say this, but I, uh, I do think this movie suffers a little bit from the success of Shaun of the Dead where they had sure. limitations. Yeah. And then they got this movie. They had a little bit more money. They had a little more time and more leeway. And I think they get ahead of themselves with some of the stunts they pull and some of the, I I think the last 20, the final fight scene by the time that happens and the plot is revealed, that final fight goes on too long. And I can tell they're having a lot of fun Mm, with the stunts and the explosions and the shooting and the big set pieces, which is fun. But it does last a little long for me. I am kind of over it by the time it ends. Yeah, it also takes a while to, li- to like, ramp I think up. When when you're first like, oh, this is a serial killer. Like these aren't like when yeah. you're kind of this piecing cult, that together yeah. as an audience. I think that's like halfway through the movie. It takes a little. It takes for as as quick as this movie moves. The the plot, the pacing of the plot, kind of yeah. Goes and you know, a little to your slow. point about watching it on TV, it's like, I guess when I saw it on TV, it was never one of those scenes where everyone was just sitting down and talking to each other. Right. Because those were the scenes that I was a little bit like, all right. Like, yeah. We get it. Yeah. The, there is some incredible dialogue in that movie. Like, when he's checking into the inn, uh, that is 
the the fascist and hag exchange is so clever uh, and so smart. It makes me laugh. I've seen it a million times. It makes me laugh every time. The other thing that makes me laugh so hard every time is Nick Frost running into that fence. Nick Frost running into the fence. Um, actually, I never heard Nick Frost say Judge Judy an executioner. <laughs> yes, Judge <laughs> Judy really an executioner. That really was good. That was the- and that I think that's what it is. It's like I Shaun of the Dead is like a gag per second. Yeah. Like the, it is all jokes. I like I wanted more like let's get yes. some more jokes into some of these scenes. I will I say in in the smaller dialogue scenes, you do get like <laughs> Patty Considine <laughs> in this movie, the two Andes yeah. are so funny. Every yeah. exchange with them made me laugh out loud. Um and then Realizing that's Patty Considine and from House of the Dragon yeah. uh, was also like, what a weird world 2007 That's, that's what's great is. about British actors. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they can't. They're, they're always around. They're always around. You think around. you've discovered a British? No, bitch. No, they've been they've here. They've been in everything. They've, they've been here. They've always been here. Olivia speaking Coleman of, is in of, this. You know who is um, Simon Pegg's girlfriend who's the CSI chick? Right. Oh, yes. That's this Kate was, Blanchett. Yes huge mic drop for me when I was reading that. Yeah, and you know what? I I think I knew that. I must have known that prior to watching it because in the scene where she's talking to him on the phone, her voice and her eyes, I'm like, that's obviously Kate Blanchett. I did not realize it, read about it, went back and watched it. Uncredited. Uncredited. I didn't look into why she did that, though, just because she's a fan. She loves Shaun of the Dead that she was like, I want in on this. I'm in. And they put her in unrecognizable in that full suit that's cool though that scene is also again so, that's a pure actor move it's like i just want to be in the i, I, I just want to be in this shit about also anything. that scene that breakup scene is incredible that's too. tight that tight 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 that's what i for like the some of what i'll call bloat in this movie i'm like afraid to talk bad about this movie um, people i'm love not it so because much. again i'm only just now learning that like for many people this is like one yeah. of their favorite comedies of all time. I will just say, don't come after us. We do, for the most part. Or I don't movie. care. Do boost my engagement. See what the fuck I care. You make me hate haters. Make me famous. Step to haters. Sir. Haters make me famous, baby. <laughs> all right, step to Sarah. I'm afraid of people being mad. Haters at me. make me famous. I I don't like when people are mad at me. So don't don't be mad at me. Please. No, I'm just I I I guess I have nothing against this movie. Just because I don't personally like love it, love it doesn't mean anything. I just I am genuinely surprised because I kind of thought that the talk of this was like oh yeah like kind of diminishing results, but you know it's still I, yeah no I, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. I fully thought I was going into this thinking that I would think this is the better movie. Um, but also because of what I said earlier, that you see just Edgar Wright fully honing his voice as a director in this movie. He's yeah. at the top of, like, as Edgar Wright, I think he is at the top of his game in this He's movie. He's reached full Edgar yeah. Wrightism. Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of seeing the version on TV all the time, this movie is a little bit more gory than I remember. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. When the guy, when the messenger, which they killed the messenger. Did yes, you get that? Yes. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. That scene. Classic. There's a lot of jokes in here that are like Monty Python. Oh, like, yeah. This is a Monty this- Python and the Holy Grail ass joke. It's a clever movie. If you want to learn about quick joke writing, it's 30 Rock in this. Right. Uh, yeah, truly. Um, yeah, but he gets imp- I think in the TV version, it just like hits him on the head. Yeah. And then he dies. I think it cuts away. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it like fully like yeah. goes inside it's of so, him. It's so it's so silly and so brutal. I also didn't remember. I was like, cut away. It's bloody. Cut away. Yeah. It's pretty it's, it's gross. A really, really bloody movie. It's, and I was like, oh, I guess on TV they probably like don't show all this. Th- yeah. I yeah, I was I was taken aback by that. And then uh yeah, also fun fact. The dog that accompanies them to confiscate all those weapons. Oh yeah, um, he is one of those dogs in oh, real life. Oh, do you know what I'm going to say? Like he's he sniffs for like- no no no. He was one of those oh. dogs that is too friendly to be on the police force, <gasps> so he failed. I thought he was playing himself in the movie, but no, no he, he, he tried like, to be. He and tried then- to be that, and but he was oh. too friendly. Yeah, Samson. 
Good boy. Good boy, I, Samson. I always read online, so like, I don't know if this is true, but I've always read that like, sometimes if a dog actor on set is wagging his tail too much, they have to digitally alter the dog's tail oh, so yeah, it's not wagging all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because the actor dog is like happy. Yeah, yeah. Because the actor dog is like, I'm doing my thing. Actor dogs are happy. Let yeah. me tell you, actor cats, I've worked with, act- I've had to work with actor cats more than I've had to work with actor dogs. Mm. Um Give me a dog. Dogs are great actors. I quick side story because we're getting off track. I understand, but I uh, was on a crazy set for two days for a project that is crazy. We'll never, we'll never see the light of day. So sure. like whatever. And we, uh, like, I got there. They then they were like, "You're gonna be holding a cat," and I was like, "Okay." We were outside, and we did not have like professional actor cats. No wranglers. We had a we had two women. One woman brought two cats. Another woman brought the single cat. And, and they just weren't like, like ringers. Outside, no, it was just their this cats. This is just a friend of production. Okay. And outside in the elements and everything, we're just holding on to these three cats. No fence, no gate, no laws, no just, union, just, no <laughs> union inside, no, no OSHA, union. no fucking labor laws enforced. Right. Nothing. Two of the cats did not get along. So one of the cats <laughs> had to go back into the kitty carrier, which then was like, well, I guess you could just hold the kitty carrier in her lap. It's like, this is fucking crazy. And the whole time I was like, and if one of these cats gets squirmy, wormy and runs away. Yeah, they're just sacks of goo. They're gone. Like yeah. they're they're completely gone. Good luck. It was, and, and also um, this was the same set where they also had a snake on oh, no. set. Oh no. And they were like, are you okay with the snake being here? I was like, yeah, sure. I'm like, I mean, so long as you guys are okay with it. And they're like, oh, we're actually pretty nervous. I'm like, oh, well, now I, I now don't feel I'm good at all. Yeah, the snake's Because it was also just someone's pet. Was it a big snake? Mm-hmm. Could it have eaten a cat? No, I don't I don't know about that. They were separated, thank God. Good, yeah. But, um, smart. yeah, the pet actors we were working with were just somebody's pets. Well, I will say that when I was talking to cat wranglers, when I've talked to cat wranglers I've worked with, uh, I've asked, because, like, dogs, they're very trainable animals. Uh, all these people are like, well, it's like, how do you get the cat to stay? And they're like, well, you can't train a cat. You know that. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like well, what, what are you doing? So what here? are we hiring you what, for? What are we doing here? They were like, we just pick the ones that are most treat motivated Aww. and go with those. Uh, but yeah, you can't train a cat. You can't like a cat's not going to do just what you get want. a cat on a good day. Yeah, exactly. Just like or just ask a friend who has cats ju- and, and tell them not to feed it for a little while. So oh, like <laughs> make it hungry and then right. uh, bring it to set. I think that's what they do. So give it half a Benadryl to calm down. Yeah. Okay, uh, anyway, hot anyway, fuzz. Anyway, hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. Uh, um, kind of little detail, starting in the, I mean, we kind of talked about the intro, but I kind of forgot that like part of the story is that like actually Seven Peg is a- Good cop. Quote, good. Yes. A cop that is good at his cop duties. Yes. Um, And like is aggressively so. Right. Um, Yes. That he is too good at his job and he makes everybody else look bad. That is why he gets fired and sent to this small town. Yes. That has a very I, low I don't cost. know. In my memory, it's like, oh, because he's not that good of a cop. In, in And what, he kind of isn't. If well, you think about it. Well, in yeah. It? In it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's ultimately the point is that he is just so robotic and treating all criminals equal, whether you're shoplifting uh, or murdering people. And actually not even considering, like, is this benefiting the greater good? I actually thought this movie had, like, kind of something smart to say about, like, community. Yes. About, like, the farce we put on, I think especially, like, where I think of is, like, when white people live in the suburbs yes. and then they make a comment about how the city is dangerous. But it's like, yeah. okay, but, like, crimes, like, violent crime still happens in the suburbs. I do think... Yes, I I think this movie has like a an interesting message and an interesting thing to say. I think it does get a little muddy when you try to trace it through the movie. Yeah, uh, it's not traceable. It's this is pretty much the thought I have when they get to the reveal of the NWA. <laughs> yeah, Watch which is very. Which is um, insane that it's called the NWA. And it's insane that that joke lasts the whole movie. Yeah. And then that actually becomes like the main thing at the end. They, the fact they keep saying it every time they said it in the movie, I was like, what? Yeah. And obviously that's the joke. Obviously it's a joke. Obviously that's the joke. It's very funny. Um, but it, yeah, they really. It's they, jarring again, every it's time. It's Monty Python-esque where it's like, 
You think this is a silly gag throwaway joke? No, bitch. No. This is going to come back over and over and over again. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I also think, you know, Nick Frost's character obsession with American cop movies like Bad Boys, uh, which is so freaking funny. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, plays into this. He has this look of glorifying police and these people who will do yeah. anything to chase down their criminals. Uh, and then when he gets into this town, this town of Sanborn, uh, and the criminals are like someone who shoplift or like a goose on the loose, which is also very funny that this goose keeps just... But you know what? Honestly, you know a goose will fucking oh. run you down. Oh, you got to get that goose. That is one of the scariest animals. I'm with... Simon, uh, you know, early second act Simon Pegg in the NWA on this. You got to get that goose out of this town. No, that is, that that goose is will, honestly bad. That yeah. goose is a nuisance. It's going to shit everywhere. That is bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to the point, um, you know, like I was really, what I keep thinking about is like at the beginning when he moves to the small village, he arrests all these kids for underage drinking yeah. and the barkeeps are like, we know they're underage, but it's like, I'd rather them drink here than get out and get into trouble or whatever. Yeah. And then come to find out, yeah, because the NWA killed those kids right. for getting arrested for underage drinking because they were a blight on the community. And it's like, yeah, see, cop, how actually sometimes like a little bit of law breaking is better than yes. completely, you know, ending or derailing a person's life, it's like, hey, was the crime really all that bad? They're just kids trying to go drunk. Absolutely. I don't, <laughs> I guess it's it's not really all that helpful to sit here and poke holes in this movie, but I will say those barkeepers are part of the NWA. Okay. Were they going to kill them? It's a little confusing. I was also a little bit confused by that. I, I guess like my best guess is it's kind of like in the Sopranos where they have to whack one of their own. Sure. And it's like they don't really want to and they do their best to try to avoid it, but at a certain point, like, they gotta follow their Also, duty. where are those kids coming from? Are they not... Par- like I don't know. There is there is a level of, like, people disappearing in this town that's like, and no one really... But again, like, because they get the well, Best Village right. award and, like, that means more to everybody. Well, yeah, because the NWA is just turning a blind eye. But it, it wasn't clear to me, like, where those kids were coming from. And why aren't their parents, like, um, like yeah, do their all parents of our teenage boys live- are missing after they were arrested Yeah, do their parents drinking? not live in the town? I mean, this is, it's a little bit of a silly hole to poke, but I, I think the thing with the barkeeps, like, they were part of the NWA. They were killing people. I thought people. I saw them, right? Yeah, yeah. They were killing people. They had a whole thing at the end. They, yeah. they didn't like Simon Pegg coming in. And you would also think that the NWA is more um, amenable to Simon Pegg's character. At the beginning, because he's doing yeah, but you know, it's it's the crime rate. If he keeps sure, arresting right, people, the right. crime rate yes. technically it is going to go up. up, and then you're right. Yeah, uh, which is also his problem in London. Which was also that it's like, dude, you keep arresting everyone, it makes our crime rate look insane, and then also we have no one else to arrest because <laughs> you keep arresting <laughs> right. all the criminals. Right, uh, and then yeah, so the, yeah, the barkeeper thing kind of confused me yeah a little uh, bit of a hiccup but um but otherwise nonetheless i think the point still stands it's like yeah you know hey if someone wants to do like a little bit of wrong right and if the other option is we're, like we're better off keeping it contained and not honestly even just throwing people in jail you yeah. know because that's gonna go on the record that could I be mean, a whole thing in that case i would say yes i mean and this is a point showing that uh simon Pegg's character as the innkeeper said is a little bit of a fascist mm-hmm. and is arresting people at all causes and it's not necessarily for the greater good yeah um but then (laughs) then the plot continues yes uh we get that great scene again that i keep referring to with the innkeeper where you know she's doing her crossword puzzle and he calls her fascist and calls her hag which great joke great bit amazing delivery a plus all around i will say isn't the whole point of the nwa that they are fascists some would say yeah, so calling him a fascist, I don't think quite works. Uh, here's the thing about the NWA he reveal. Is. He is, but yeah, yeah. But I think the reveal, some reveals in a movie are so good that you can go back to earlier scenes of the movie and you go, oh my God, yeah. that's what it was. I don't think this is one of those movies. No, no, this is definitely a movie By that and was large. built around, I mean, really great bits and scenes and uh, 
performances and things they knew they could get and nail. But yes, looking back on it, I'm like, well, why would you call him that when that's exactly what you're doing? It it doesn't. Yeah, I think thinking about it and talking about after talking about China's Dead and how well the metaphor of that movie and the themes of that movie shine through. You walk away from this movie picking up on all of that, but then upon thinking about the movie, you're like, does it work fully? Yeah, or you can't were really they like, just walk jokes? through that woods for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or else it starts falling apart. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, he's living in this town. There's not a lot of crime. Which is, uh, this is where Edgar Wright grew up. Yes. This real village. Yeah. Isn't it the same place that they shot Hot Fuzz? You mean Shaun or of the Dead? Or Shaun of the Dead? Um, I don't know. I think some of the streets look the same, but... Uh, honey, that's just England. Let, that, yeah. that is just That's England. just... It, it all looks the same. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> real town. Uh, yeah, as Simon Pegg's parents are also in this movie. Oh, cute. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, not a lot of crime going on. He's chasing goose and, you know, he goes ham on a uh, on a shoplifter yeah jumping over fences who knew simon Pegg. they put him in those mission impossible movies as this like doughy character and uh as like the guy behind the computer being like ethan don't do that yeah and uh it turns out he's a badass do you know why simon Pegg is in those mission impossible movies it's because it has to be because of this um it is primarily because jj abrams likes him I'm like mean, dead ass. I mean, like I just like this guy. I'm casting movies. He seems like he's a great dude. In. He seems like a great dude. He's so smart. I he have is. no problem with that being the reason why someone's no. casting him. Like I literally and Simon Pegg. Yeah, Simon Pegg can show up in any goddamn movie. I'm happy I to see wouldn't him. think twice. I'm mean, like, oh yes, Simon Pegg is. He here. deserves to be sure. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so funny that they have him do none of this in the Mission Impossible movies because he trained his ass off for these movies. Yeah. Oh, did he really? He that bike skin he learned how to do. He did like weapons training. Okay, he did, Simon. Yeah, he did a lot of training for these movies. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess there is a lot of fighting, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of weapons training and just like little little things here and there that he. You know, he did his own stunts when he could. Yeah. Uh, which is why Tommy Cruise loves him, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean he's not he's not hanging off the side of a plane, but who amongst us? Sure thing. Um, yeah. Has has the the thedans to do that. Hey, you know, <laughs> good on him. Good on him. Good on uh, him. But yeah, he's he's trying to be a plus cop in a town where not a lot happens. But finally, he pulls over this obnoxious couple on a traffic stop. Oh. Uh, who are on their way to perform Romeo and Juliet for the town Shakespeare company. By the way, they call it Amdram. Go support the Amdram. And I just thought that was the name of the theater, like yeah. the Amdram Community Theater. I And I hope I'm pronouncing this. I'm sure in the British accent, it's a little bit different. Amdram is like British slang for amateur drama. Oh, fun. Like amateur theater, community theater, Amdram. Amdram? Yeah. I love that. So it's an Amdram production of Romeo and oh, Juliet. We yeah. gotta go see more Amdram. I, I I was reading the Wikipedia page for this, and I honestly didn't even clock the use of the term. No. But then they used it on the Wikipedia page, and it was a blue That's link. Fun. So I was like, say more? Yeah. And yeah, Amdram. American That's cool. That's like when I found out drama. AP American History is a push. It was really exciting. A- yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So cute little British. Cute, I cute little. Yeah. We're going to the Amdram. We're going to see some Amdram. I do also like that the production of Romeo and Juliet is specifically a production of Boz Lerman's Romeo, Romeo and Juliet, Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. That like it's not this Shakespeare. They, it's like they it's, clearly watched the movie we, and then wanted to. Yeah, the movie. didn't understand it. It's <laughs> yes, that part is very funny. Them yeah. watching the play is super funny. What they're doing is great. But those just end with everyone singing "Love Fool." Yes. That's fucking funny. Oh my God. That is so funny. When they did that, I was like, oh my God. That's, yeah. Another laugh out loud moment for me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they go home. Those people murdered. Murdered. Murdered uh, by a black cloak figure, which we, as we've already spoiled, um, turns out to be the NWA. They get killed because they're bad actors. Yeah. Which. The reason they kill people is very, um, very I, funny. I like at the end, cutting ahead, when it's like, 
yeah, we let those people like fucking ham it up and ruin it. We had semi-professional actors waiting in the wings because right. <laughs> like one girl was like a body double yeah, in a true. crime procedural and another guy was like in a commercial or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like that was enough to be like, yeah, they have, like we have serious, serious actors, actors here. here. That's so funny. Uh, it's also very British to kill someone over like a bad performance. Shakespearean yeah. production. <laughs> As they should. Like they that, really do take the theater seriously that, over there. They, especially Shakespeare. Uh, that's their boy. That's their boy. Yeah, they, that is a punishable crime. Uh, not by murder. I wish. Bad I Shakespeare. Wish shit. Yeah. Just shit. Self indulgent, wall chewing stage acting was it's, punishable by death. It is particularly bad when it is Shakespeare when mm. when the language is already kind of uh, verbose and muddied, and then you do a bad performance of it where it's completely incomprehensible. Yeah. Uh, that is, yeah. They, I, I'm on the NWA side on this one. I, I can't, I can't say that I don't condone murder when, the <laughs> when, when it comes is to bad. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but then we, um, we cut ahead. They uh, were at the bar. Uh, they have that nice scene where, um, you know, oh no, the next morning they get that tip about the 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 guy out in the country who has a bunch of uh, yes. weapons. Yes, and that yes. reveal. The, the the two dudes talking in that just like incomprehensible accent is so good. So funny. And then them going through that arsenal <laughs> and him just being like, yeah, these are my guns. That's an old sea mine. Yeah. That sea mine. What is these like? Uh, I, I don't have a permit for this one. It's like, wait, what do you mean this one? <laughs> yeah. Like, this one. Is there more? Uh, yeah. So they haul in all of these weapons. Uh, you know, they did a good job. So Nick Frost and uh, Simon Pegg go out on the town. He uh, he loosens up. He has a pint. He has a lager. Uh, they go they uh, at the bar. They see uh, this this rich dude about town who they who is drunk and they escort him home. And he has this gross, huge mansion. Also, uh, another crime that should be punishable by also, death. Also, also on the you build this is this, this has been happening in my hometown neighborhood the, for yeah. the last like oh, fifteen yeah. years. Dude, yeah, we're like gorgeous homes built turn of the century, nineteen uh, hundreds, yeah. getting raised. Yeah. for some shit. Yeah, open concept. Except just fuck like you. Glass box. Room should have doors. Room should have doors. Walls. Back should- in my day, the kitchen was a separate room from the living room. Walls shouldn't be windows. Also, homes that are the size of the property. Yeah, the property, like the lot. Yes, like no yard. Yeah, no, like going around the side of the house. Just ugh. Yeah, yeah. he does. He deserved to die. Yeah. So he gets murdered while uh, while our boys are watching Bad Boys. Yeah, I also, on this murder, this was the murder that in the movie I was like, actually, this is kind of like most clever. Yeah. Like, oh, he got drunk and then he started to make a meal for himself and, you know, yeah. just as an accident, like it completely fucking and blew combusted. Up. Yeah, this was their best. Yeah, because they did. It was very calculated, yeah. They did lazily throw those bodies around the traffic stop. And I love that. So Simon Pegg is like, there's there's a serial killer happening here. Mm-hmm. And everyone at the precinct is making fun of him. Olivia Coleman keeps calling him a pussy or something. And yeah. it's just, I wish there was more of her. I mean, I always wish there was more of her. Yeah. I wish yeah, she yeah, had yeah. more jokes in this. Yeah. Um, I feel like that character is so funny that like internalized misogyny of cops are, uh, and how she portrays that. There is something there. It fits this movie to have more of that. It does. Uh, yeah. I think they could They could have... Ex- I mean, maybe there's more and they just cut it for time. I was going to say, I wondered if they knew at the time... Who they had? The, like, Olivia... Yeah, actually, like, you, the you don't realize that you've got... You've got one of our finest people actors. People are going to say this about me one day. That, yeah, you didn't realize that one of like, your finest this actors. little bit part. Damn, I mean, they no have idea. a lot of them. Like, Bill Nye's here, you know? That's true. Honestly, Jim every, Broadbent yeah, is every, there. Everyone yeah. in this movie is a pretty heavy Kate hitter. Kate fucking Blanchett is yep. uncredited. Just uncredited, just in full, like, hooded costume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, they get heavy hitters. Uh, people want to work with these dudes. And it does oh, yeah. seem like they're probably having a ton of fun on set. Like, it does seem like a good vibe that they're good yeah, dudes. Yeah, I mean, fuck. They're That'd good. be a cool environment to work yeah. with. Because work Jim, Broad- Jim Broadbent, same thing, just saw a shot of the dead, loved it, called up and was like, I need to be in your next movie. 
Sure. And Jim Broadband. Yeah. And We'd love to have you. Yeah. And then they just were able to get Timothy Dalton. And uh, yeah. So just real winning movies yeah. from these guys. But uh, yeah, we they go back. No one believes them. They keep making jokes. They're at the town festival. Uh, Simon Pegg on watch duty, on guard duty <laughs> for this festival. Uh, you know, wins wins uh nick frost a cuddly monkey yes uh with the shooting skills also fun fact about this movie in the original draft of the script nick frost had a girlfriend named victoria interesting it got got written out they just repurposed a lot of her dialogue to be between the two of them the two of them you know what that's so interesting because and i i wondered when we would get to this point of the podcast but their love yes and i'm gonna be honest I wasn't really feeling this relationship. Um, uh, like in, I, I, I don't know. I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost doing their thing. I think, and then I go online and actually there's a lot to be written about like this there is, relationship between these two guys. There is. I think it is ripe for fanfic. Uh, yeah. Just, just because w- the reason this, that relationship works and you do get a sense of like these guys, the love between them. Uh, is all in their performance and their chemistry mm-hmm. and not so much in the script, I think. I don't think it was mine that well in the script, but uh, it exists just because they have so much chemistry Yeah, see, together. I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, this is just the great chemistry between these two actors who collaborate yeah. together all the time. And then I go online and people are like, this is a like the, there is a, a love story. Yeah. No, there it can absolutely- And it's definitely there. I mean, I, I get it. It can Again, be viewed I'm that way. I'm just blown away by yes. how intensely people feel about this movie. Yeah, I mean, I I can see that, and I I definitely felt that at the end of the movie. You know, when he when Nick Frost's character turns, oh on yeah. his dad for him. Yeah, um, there is maybe a more streamlined version of this movie that focuses a little more on the development of their relationship rather mm. than you know. I do like to hear though that. They nixed the girlfriend and then they just repurposed it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, that's cool. That is really cool. And it works. It works so well. Cause the reverse happened with The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. With Rose. Yeah. It's like, no, but like Finn and Poe already Finn have. Po- yeah. You have it. You already elsewhere. have that. Yeah. You don't it, need to add a woman. Yeah. Love Rose Tico. Shout out. But like, that's that's brave for a man <laughs> to write a movie you, yeah. and then say, actually, we don't need a woman. To just be the expositioner. I mean, I think that's what's so great about these three, all the three of them, Nick Frost. Well, Simon we said Shaun of the Dead was about masculinity. It was. Uh, the, I think the Coronado trilogy at large is about men growing up. Yeah, um, true. That is the theme of the that runs through all three of these movies. Uh, and yeah, their relationship of you know making each other better, Nick Frost. You know, teaching Simon Pegg's character to loosen up a little bit and see both. Relax, man. You relax, see both sides of things, take things into context. Uh, And then, um, yes, Simon Pegg kind of just getting this guy, helping him realize his potential and and the good he could do by just virtue of him being a genuinely good guy uh, is all there. But yeah, you you definitely see it. Yeah, but when people are like, they're gay, I was like, oh. You see it at the carnival. It, the carnival scene is probably the most maybe prominent of it, but minus their fight scene when they're doing all their macho act. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you definitely, I mean, he wins in the cuddly monkey. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, you know, my woke 2023 brain, I didn't even, yeah. I just thought two bros are just hanging out. Just that's two not, bros. That's know, not gay. That's not gay. He's just, he's you give just your homie a little cuddly monkey. Cuddly monkey. I like that they keep calling it the cuddly monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I I didn't know if that was like a Britishism that I wasn't uh, hip to or if it just was a cuddly monkey. I just like calling it a cuddly monkey. I mean, that's how they refer to it. Uh, But yeah, he's walking around with a cuddly monkey. The newspaper editor was like, hey, I got a tip for you. I'm on to these guys. Uh, Meet me at the uh behind the church mm-hmm. uh at three at three uh simon Pegg's like trying to hurry up this raffle pulling that they're doing at the carnival uh and it doesn't work because by three this guy tim messenger is uh <laughs> is hey. is behind and they chop off uh, a turret 
Yeah. Uh, on this old timey church. and the- Which did you see the village fundraiser? It said, save the church roof. Save the church roof. <laughs> Which yes. honestly, that just made me laugh. I kind of forgot that this was leading Le- up to that scene. Yeah. And honestly, that just made me laugh of like, you know what? That would be some fucking church fundraiser. Like yeah. some stupid Save shit. the church roof. And yeah, it gets cut off and it lands point down on this guy's <laughs> skull. Uh, and the way that falls too, every time I don't expect it because the physics of it obviously make no sense. But, of course not. But no. in like cartoon world, it does that it- It goes inside of his body. Goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It replaces his head. Yeah. Which is incredible. Um. And they shot the messenger. Messenger's dead now. We find out he is killed because of poor spelling in the newspaper. Which again, honestly. If that is a crime. I kind of get it though. You get it? That's going to print. That's going to fucking print. It's going to print. But that's not his fault. That's the editor's fault. That's true. Yeah, that's true. If you're just the reporter, if you're just the reporter, you know, make all the typos you want. That's not you. Um, My senior year of high school, we got a school directory, as you do. Yeah. Um, And we had a spelling error, a print error so bad that even as teenagers, we were like, no, truly, like someone needs to complain. This is yeah. fucking insane. First of all, we had all the art areas listed, but not visual art. How dare So that? it was just HSPA. Oh. Yeah. Wow. High school for the performing and visual arts. Like we have an art department that just like paints, you know, yeah. art, not on the directory at all. It does, the acronym of the school, I will say HSPVA, does sound less like an STD without the V. Well, I think there are other schools that are just performing arts schools, but yeah. we have You have the a visual, visual arts. arts. Yeah. Now also the creative arts because we have a writing department now. But anyway, so they fully left off the art department entirely, which is like, okay, the name strike of the one. Yeah. And then theater was misspelled. Now we're pretentious theater kids. How would you say theater? If I said they misspelled theater, what would you think happened? They put an E at the end? Right. Instead of doing R-E, they did E-R? Yeah. No. I think they went with E-R, but the H in theater was a J. It was a full So it became like a Swedish word. Yeah. It was a full-blown typo. You're so mad about this. I know. Because you would have gotten a fucking squiggly line underneath any software you were using. Yeah, that's And then it, also, yeah. to the naked eye, that's not a word. Right, it's not a T-J-E-A-T-E-R. word. T-J-E-A-T-E-R. It is in Sweden. <laughs> I I don't know, but I would kill someone for that. Because I'm sorry, that is, fu- how many people, and even if it was just the one, you hit print. You know what you they meant. You didn't even print a test one to look at it. I will give you tacky big house. I will give you bad Shakespeare. No, uh, as a victim of like a egregious typing error i would kill i as someone who makes egregious typing errors all the time i know you do uh yeah i don't think i've ever uh nailed a tweet okay but when it's going to print sure Uh, 600 copies for a high school all right simon act one simon peg i'm just saying Uh, it's one of the stupidest things i still remember this yeah i mean it definitely docks you for best town i to say the least. Best school. But know. also, I think they also killed Messenger because he was onto them. Yeah, yeah. Like, mean, that's like the reason they give, but it's like, well, I think he also like- He also was, was yeah, yeah. Him. It kind of was a, a necessary murder. Right. So we got three. It's officially a serial killer now. The town is, st- the the precinct is still on the fence about this whole thing. Being- and I love that they have so many examples of people accidentally dying. Right. Yeah, it's like people do that all the time here. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, your town's so perfect, but people accidentally die all the time. Yeah, your death rate is super high. But, like, uh, I mean, there's a death a day. It seems like on average. <laughs> yeah, th- it's a small town too. Three people. They, I mean, they're wiping out their own. Yeah, population. that's what. Like, yeah, that's three percent of your population. Yeah, um, there are like a hundred people in this town. Um, yeah, and then uh, people are still on the fence, but Simon Pegg's not letting this go. Red strings out. He's he's figuring it out and. Uh, Guess who number one suspect is? Rich guy, man about town, Timothy Dalton. Um, who also does a really good job of having like a pure, like, I don't want to say creepy, like villainous vibe. He does. He's so good at that. His I mean, yeah. the mustache. Yeah. He, you don't trust him for a second. He really knows how to use his face muscles. Yeah. 
Um, He's very creepy in this movie in a delightful way to watch. I hate when people think acting is just making faces, but sometimes if an actor is really good at making faces, like that is part of it. That is part of it. His face, his mustache. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all working. like the curl of his smile. You don't trust this. It's like man. You, he can manipulate it specifically, right? For the yes. character, yeah. He yeah. has that. He has that Grinch smile that yeah, comes up yeah, at yeah. the corners of the mouth first. Uh, he's he's great. Uh, but yeah, and then he goes to the florist. Oh, to buy Nick Frost as he's like freaking out about this whole town thing. We find out it's his birthday. We want to give Nick Frost a his buddy a peace lily. Buys him a flower because. Uh, taking care of Simon Pegg's piece, Lily, was like a big... He learned a lot about responsibility. Yes. Uh, so we wanted to give that to Nick Frost. And uh, he goes to the florist. The florist's talking about how she's going to move. And a uh, beautiful, beautiful selection of flowers in here. As he leaves, uh, she gets murked. She dies pretty brutally, too. That was another yeah. kill that I was like, whoa. I don't think I saw that one on TV. Yeah, I don't think I did either. That kill was brutal. Yeah. And they were like, what the hell is going on here? And I love that they kill her because she was going to move. Yeah. And we can't have that. We, that we need to have a nice flower shop in yeah. town. Yeah. Uh, that is not punishable by death. No. Yeah. You're too good of a florist. Uh, <laughs> we have to. If no one can have you. So, yeah, we, we finally get to skipping ahead to we're cracking down on the NWA's uh, board meeting, which is very cult-like. Uh, yes. They're, they're shadowy underground. And I feel like every time I'm watching this on TV, this is the scene I tune in for. Yeah. Like, this is the scene I'm always catching. This, yeah. This scene, uh, yeah, I feel like I see the goose chase a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. For me, it's pretty much always... Yeah. Around this part of the movie that I This is a big in. part of the movie because oh, this yeah. is where we're going to get our exposition dump of what's happening. The NWA is, uh, they really want this Best Village uh, award and they've killed all our folks. And uh, yes, yeah, Simon Pegg had the theory that it was multiple serial killers like in Scream. And uh, he was in, sorry, Nick, Fr- Simon Pegg had that theory. Nick Frost said it was like in Scream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he was right. It's the entire NWA behind it, led by Timothy Dalton, led by Jim Broadbent, this guy's father. An inside job. It's an inside job. They're letting all these people go because they want to get best town. We find out, and this bit is also a little convoluted, that in a heartbreaking scene, Nick Frost is in on it, too. Or at least knows. He does the bidding of the NWA. Yeah. This part, I'm like, oh, are they going to do like a full villain reveal of him? Uh, yeah. Is the gag that he's like too dumb to recognize that like, no, dude, you're, you've been like actually playing into all of this. I think so. But he's in the meeting. Um, well, I get. Yeah. It's a little like he just didn't think about it. I guess maybe Simon Pegg's role in all of this was helping him be his own man a little bit and yeah. take, you know, have his own opinions and not just go along with the flow of everything. Yeah. But he's willing to do that up until he's looking his lover, Simon Pegg, in the eye. I suppose. Uh, um, But yeah, either way, uh, he does turn. It, I guess it's that moment that helps him realize it or at least makes him turn, which... Yeah. Muddy's things a little bit i would have liked to see that character development on on nick frost's character on danny's character yeah Um, i i when i finished this movie i did have a thought that this could be also an interesting movie from danny's perspective from the perspective that this new cop comes into town where everything is fine from your perspective, it's pretty good. It's pretty easy going. You think you're a good cop and you can do what you want and you've, you've carved out this nice life for yourself. And then this guy comes to town and you're, you start. You're, you're describing things. a book. Like this feels <laughs> like a book I've read a thousand times. Sure, where maybe. Like the, the main character is also the narrator. Right. And then a person comes in and disrupt the narrator's life and the narrator's like, you're crazy. But then the narrator's like, I don't know though. Right. That's kind <laughs> of it, a yeah, good point. Yeah, it becomes a little bit more. But I would have liked to see if if Danny is truly kind of in on it or doing the work of the NWA absentmindedly, I would have liked to see more of his development out of that. Yeah. Because it, it is a shock that he is both doing the bidding of them and in that moment. 
all the way at the end. That's the moment he turns is when he's looking Simon Pegg in the eye. I would have liked to see more conflict from him. Yeah, in that doing, moment. Doing all this or even just doing the detective work with Yeah, with a him. shot of him looking a little uneasy. Yeah, yeah, some conflict in him about this instead of just like wanting being so enamored with this cool big city cop. Yeah. Um something some conflict in him I would like I'm to see. I'm thinking now is Nick Frost like doing a good job acting in this movie? He's doing a really good job playing Nick Frost. <laughs> yeah, playing that Nick Frost character. He's doing a great job comedically. He's doing a great job playing this I like, just bring silly this up foil. because love Nick Frost, please. And and for the record, you don't have to be like the greatest actor on earth to turn in great performances and to be a very I, watchful yeah. person. So like this is no shade in any way, shape, or form. But when we left Shaun of the Dead, I was like, Simon Pegg is a good fucking actor. Yeah. Like, genuinely a good actor. And I see that in this movie as well. Yeah. He's playing a different character entirely. It's, like, Very completely different. dialed in. Yeah. It's like, the worldview, like, I understand. Also, that his character is the main character that we spend the most amount of time with. He, he so also, he gets that benefit Simon as well. Simon Pegg also does, writes these movies. That too. Uh, yeah. But Nick Frost in this one, he's just kind of, like... Yeah, I'm not sure if he's as good as Simon Pegg, if he's just kind of like a pure comedy He's guy. just like Nick Frosting a little I bit. I don't know how... I mean, I don't want to assign blame, quote-unquote, but part, yeah, part of that might be Nick Frost. Part of that is also the direction and what they came yeah, in. Yeah, totally. Because like, like, what you're talking about, like, I wish I would have seen some more conflict. That's, it's like... That's yeah, direction. I that's think... direction and writing. I don't know if that's in the script or in the movie. Oh, but see, I would think, like, as an actor, you, I know how it ends, that. and I can start to put that, that information in. into... Yeah. But I, again, it is... We're seeing this movie through the lens of the editor and write ultimately. Yeah. So, so that is a decision on their end too. Yeah. So it's a, I mean, whether or not he was giving that the movies, they're a team effort. I feel bad giving like this. Yeah. Examination of the no, acting but of I, Nick Frost. I, I do think there's, yeah, I don't think it's all on him. I think movies are a team effort and this performance is a team well, effort. Well, I mean, the and editor is really an yeah. actor's best friend or worst enemy. <laughs> like I yeah. think really it boils down to that. So I don't know how much of that's intentional and how much of that, it, but I, I do think there, there was more, conflict there's maybe another layer they there's another gone. there's another layer out of this yeah. movie that they could have got but yeah he turns at that point and then that's when we get this um he's trying to take down the nwa we get this big shoot him up seeing the whole cop the whole force is now behind them not that they have that arsenal of yeah weapons that they've confiscated and we get this massive massive very long and i always forget scene. it is this long and, it's, and it's, it is it's this long, long and it's a shame that it's in my opinion, our opinion, too long. Uh, <laughs> because there's some amazing stunts and action. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's some really funny stuff in there. But I, at this point, I'm like, well, I know what the movie's about. I know they're going to kill all these people. Like, let's speed it up. I wish it was a little more. I know this movie's like only two hours long, but there's comedy really to me. It's got to stay. It's got to stay tight. Like 90 minutes. Like yeah. circle the 90 minutes. Yes. Zone. Yeah. You're really. Because you know what? I kind of feel this way. I don't know the runtime on these movies, but like Anchorman to me, like. Perfect comedy. Criterion Collection. Yeah. Greatest. Yeah. One of the greatest films of all time. Yeah. And then Talladega Nights is like the hot fuzz of that where it's still very, very good. I'm not as personally big on it as I was the first one. Sure. You know, there's like some diminishing returns. Sure. And it's like, because Talladega Despite Nights- Despite it being a very funny quote Fucking hilarious. Yeah. But Talladega Nights also kind of bloat. Sure. Starts to get a little bloaty. Sure. Hot yeah. fuzz, get a little bloaty. It's that sophomore film. And again, it's like, yeah, because now they have a fucking budget. Yeah. And, and they also, can do cool every things. reputable actor in England wants to work on these movies. So right. And like- It's, it's not unearned, but it's like you kind of miss- you kind of yeah some of the uh i the tightness i guess that comes with yeah shit we only have so many days to make this movie only have so much money because also the reveal has happened we know i mean i i would have maybe tried to if you wanted to do those like spread those scenes out a little more or sure. not just make it one you know 20 minute action sequence because there's some great stuff in here uh, the the scene in the in front of the church with the priest is incredible. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, some some incredible kills, some great explosions, uh, some really funny moments with the whole cop force. Um, but yeah, I I did stop caring about it and checked out a little bit. I actually did check the time when um, Nick Frost has like pulled some peg out of the boot. Yeah, I'm using the English terms the here. The boot yeah. of the car. Yeah. Uh, because I was like, well, God damn, how much more time is on this movie? Like we know. Yeah. That was it. And that big and that leads to like what is ultimately a pretty quick wrap up of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that happens and then uh we're we're out. We're uh you know, the London PD wants him back. We get uh, our little Bill Nye Mark yeah. Freeman cameo back. They want him their back. Their second day of filming. Their second day. Yeah, their their second hour. They maybe. get two days. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they want him back. He's like, no, I'm, I'm staying here. Uh, London crime rate has skyrocketed. Where they're overrun. And he's like, well, you kicked me out. You didn't want me to do my job. Yep. And now I've learned to chill out a little bit. And uh, I'm going to let. And I'm in love with Nick Frost. And I'm in love with Nick Frost. And I'm going to let um, London get overridden by crime. Uh, that's on you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm in this idyllic little town. Which is my- cool. He was radicalized. Yeah. With my. With my buddy Nick Frost, who is now uh, inspector, and he's now uh, in Simon Pegg's now head of the force, and uh, everybody's on, and you know he's not a fascist. He's letting things happen. He's letting people be people. Right. Uh, the NWA doesn't have this uh, crazy hold on the town, which I do think that part is very funny. I think I've seen. We moved around a lot, but my parents definitely lived in this one place where there was like an HOA that was like. You can't leave your bikes outside if there's a shoe rack outside. I don't know what an HOA is good for. I'm going to be so fucking oh. honest. I, I literally can't name one positive thing about a homeowner's Let organization. Let people do whatever. what they want with their balconies and homes. If there's a towel on a railing to dry. Like, that is insane to me that you could say to somebody, I don't like the way your fucking yard looks, looks. so change it or we're going to give you a fine. It's Yes, that is fascism. That is crazy. Yeah, uh, we actually, a little tea, we were, uh, w- I don't think we were in an HOA, but we were definitely part of a neighborhood, like, or like you know, yeah. we were, we're the part neighborhood. Part of the neighborhood, yeah. And uh, me and my next door neighbor, we left that organization because they were going to build townhomes behind us, and we were oh. anti those the townhomes. Town yeah. Um, this was right before the 2008, like, real bubble burst right so they built these so you at gaudy 12, yeah yeah the the dude whose house got blown up like they yeah. built like these gaudy townhomes that largely yeah. remain empty yeah uh i hate those and they look into our backyard because they're like four stories tall Ugh. and every other building in our neighborhood is like a residential two-story yeah uh well fuck those people but yeah I but think- now my opinion on housing has changed i'm like well actually maybe maybe we need more but you know where those houses <laughs> well, we, they tore down perfectly good family homes, homes to put that up. Yeah, which so it's like okay, so expensive. I don't know if yeah. we really did anything better by doing that. Yeah, no, HOAs are stupid. This movie does function well as a satire of that kind of totally. fascist thing because totally. in that you have Simon Pegg, who is this overzealous cop, um, kind of coming into the situation where that overzealous things need to be there's a right and wrong and a way to do things and this is how we do it in the neighborhood if you don't like it you get killed right uh uh it it functions as a satire of like heightening his problem and shining a light on it in a really clean way i don't the thing that gets that they keep accusing him of being a fascist and all this when they're doing the same thing yeah a little muddy but yeah so shot of the dead is about masculinity will we say this is about society yeah, this is about I mean, I mean, living in a society. Living in a society. We're yeah. in a society. Um, yeah, I think that's ultimately we co- what we come to in this movie is that yeah, we live I in a society also, and people need to be. Because I was also thinking kind of more towards the beginning, but I was like, is this movie like pro-cop or anti-cop? It was a little... Because con- it's a little... I would say largely anti. I would say anti. I think it's just anti being such a fucking rule follower or yeah seeing it's anti seeing things in black and white which is you true, know yeah, if that's you are a quote-unquote good cop who has done everything to be a good cop and keeps training yeah you're kind of trained to see things in in black and white and you know by the book and and rules and in this one you know we kind of 
learn that there is room for nuance right in society I mean, like Nick and, Frost's uh, whole thing is like there's context here right yeah you kind of gotta let people be people you gotta chill out and uh yeah. read the room and like I, they kept using the term the greater good the greater good uh and every time they say it twice it's so right. the greater good thing is like, very cool well, the greater good the greater good the great yeah, yeah but actually like the greater good sometimes is like let the teens drink in the bar they're 17 years old right fuck's uh, sake let the yeah. guy shoplift some petty snacks. Right. What the fuck? It's like fucking. Let this goose shit on your lawn. Pounds of yeah uh, merch he's stealing. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The greater good thing is very funny because they also. I I was I left this movie thinking a lot about what they meant by the greater good because I guess. The actual greater good is the opposite of what they're saying. They're saying right. they're saying the greater good is everybody follows these rules exactly and does exactly, exactly. what we say, or they get <laughs> brutally murdered, right? right. Um, and that is the greater good. When in actuality, the greater good is probably just letting people be people, yeah, and just uh, like giving them a little room to do what they want as long as and it's so harmless. Long as, yeah, so long as like no one's hurting anybody. Money, like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're so, good. I'm not sure if this movie makes that point as strongly like nails home that point and leaves you with i mean it definitely leaves you thinking about this stuff sure thinking when you think about it in the context of the movie it gets a little more muddy than i would say it does in shot of the dead um but i think it does a good job making its point it's funny uh, yeah, we, yeah, I don't hate this movie by any uh, means. Yeah, to be clear, I I do not dislike this movie. I like this movie. I just didn't realize that I like that... Shaun of the Dead better. Well, that I've kind of always known that, but I did uh, not realize that uh, me liking the movie pales in comparison to like the genuine five star love of Shaun of, the of Dead. this film. No, yeah. no, no, of, oh, Hot of, Fuzz, of other people that people yeah. like love Hot Fuzz. Yeah, I don't think this movie fires. I was it like, fires it's on diminishing returns, isn't it? Yeah, I, it? I don't think it fires on as many cylinders as Shaun of the Dead does. No, personally. and you know what? This is something that they talk about on another podcast called Blank Check, mm-hmm. where they talk about how, like, actually, sometimes when a filmmaker starts to get bigger and they get a bigger budget and whatever, like, sometimes like the work begins to diminish because yeah, well, they we- don't have to do any creative problem solving anymore. Yeah. Every they don't have problems. You don't have to consider every beat of your plot and how you're getting there as much. You can because you don't really you have a say, budget. Anything you want is yours. You can make it. Yeah, you're like versus what you know the creative challenge of like, well, shit, we're not gonna be able to rent a boat. So how can we tell this instead? Right. Uh. Yeah. I think. I mean, I I know I definitely work like this creatively, but y- it does kind of help to have rules and guidelines. Yeah, actually, and, and limitations when creating something because, yeah, when you things you can have too many ideas and you can have points not get across as exactly as you want to when you're when you're kind of given free reign. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to think as meticulously. And I think this movie gets a little just muddied and in in the weeds of its own, you know, action sequences and bombast and and style, which is all to say it's a very watchable film. It's a very funny film. Oh, yeah. It works. Uh, But yeah, I I don't think it's as clean at the end of the day. I agree. Yeah. So right now we got Shaun of the Uh, Dead. Yeah, my favorites are in order. And I haven't seen... You haven't seen At the World's End. At the World's End. No, because I remember that summer there were two world-ending movies that came out. Yes. And I watched the other one. This is yeah. the end. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I have thoughts about that movie. I'm excited to give it another I'm watch. I'm assuming it's diminishing returns. Sure. Uh, I've, I have yet heard anyone be like, well, did you see yeah. At the World's End? Uh, my memory of it is not loving it i'm excited to watch it again in full context of seeing all of these movies yeah yeah in their entirety i think i will get more out of it this way um even though they're all like their own movies that are perfectly watchable alone but sure thing thinking about these movies a little more i'm excited to revisit that and we'll do that uh next time here on shooting threes only on the small beans network which you become a patron of go check out the patreon um, we're making a movie. I say we, I'm not involved, but we collectively, all of us are making a movie. Um, very exciting stuff. 
Uh, I think the lowest tier is like three bucks a month. Hey, if you've got it, like you may as well. You get really cool features. You get to be a part of the community. We read the comments famously. Famously. Um, I was in there. Actually, somebody on Shaun of the Dead, remember when Nick Frost used the N-word? Oh, that Did you was, read that comment? Yes. I thought that was so, I guess that in the was, DVD commentary, um, in the British version, he said cunt, but they changed it to the N-word I, for, Amer- for American audiences. I'm like, uh, swing and a miss. What? I think we would have been able to swallow cunt a little bit. I mean, I, I can say the word cunt. And, and, There's yeah, the difference. A real telling of what they think of American society. And honestly, probably you know at, what, the though, time, at the time. Yeah, for cunt really was like, like you taboo. do not say that word. Yeah. Which is fascinating. That was a great thank you to whoever wrote that. Yeah, that uh, was that, a great was, little tidbit of information. Yeah. So see, that's like what the access gets you. You get to blow our minds. Yeah, please do. Um, and then also, uh, we've changed our Instagram handle to be like a catch-all for all of our shows. Instead of Rough Stuff Pod, it is now BS Podcasting. So I think it's a pretty easy name to remember. BS Podcasting, that is where we will be posting all of our, all of our episodes content. and content, etc. Yeah, you'll know I, when they're out if you follow it there. We're on Twitter until that stops. Yeah, existing until we can't take it anymore. At sk underscore Griffith. At, it's, it's kind of already there, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at my wit's end here. But uh, at Bridget tweets, uh, you can also, you know, follow us on Letterboxd. I'm gonna start plugging Letterboxd. Wow. We're going to start plugging Letterboxd. Okay. I just started and... Uh, I actually have... People, when they go to my Letterbox, they're surprised. I have a little bit of a following on Letterboxd. Okay. Just because I was a really early adopter and like I had one review that went like mega viral. Cool. So I have almost a thousand followers. Join us on Letterboxd. So I'm, brag. I'm uh, Bridget Gberg. I think I'm... It's impossible. Either Sarah Griffith or SK underscore Griffith. Um, look for- on every platform it's one of the others so look for us on there uh we talk about other movies that we watch on there yeah um thank you so much for listening and uh we'll be back with at the world's end and wrap up this coronado trilogy Lights, cheers camera, action. we're shooting threes just smb we're gonna watch and review film trilogies it's all for laughs so just sit back we're gonna drop hella dimes on this podcast <laughs> 